0: Ah, the great band Chicago with does anybody really know what time it is? Well, actually, there is someone who knows, and we'll get to that. Greetings, and welcome to the Continental Drift. I'm Andy Valver, and the European continent is still radiation-free, for now. So, not sure if you've checked the time recently, but according to the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists... It is late. If you are not familiar with them, let me explain. This is from their website. The Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists was created 77 years ago by a group of concerned Manhattan Project scientists, those are the guys that invented the atomic bomb, and many of them were based at the University of Chicago. Anyway, Hiroshima and Nagasaki were bombed in 1945, and two years later in 1947, artist and bulletin member Martel Langsdorff created the iconic Doomsday Clock to signal how close humanity was to self-destruction. Today, the Doomsday Clock is located at the Bulletin offices in the Keller Center, home to the University of Chicago Harris School of Public Policy. And earlier this year, January 20th to be exact, they announced that the hands of the Doomsday Clock would remain at 100 seconds to midnight the closest it has ever been to apocalypse. So, we have that going for us. Meanwhile, now the news is all lit up with the concept of a dirty bomb. For those of you who don't know what that is, it is a conventional bomb packed with radioactive material that, when detonated, would spread radioactivity over a wide area. The Russians have said they're preparing their troops to work under radioactive conditions because they're claiming that the Ukrainians are planning to use such a device. Of course, the Ukrainians stoutly deny this. But in reality, it was Putin who said that they would use a nuke and that he wasn't bluffing, remember? Man, it is time to restock the wine cellar. Meanwhile, in Germany, this from the Reuters news agency, Germany's Interior Ministry fired the country's cybersecurity chief last week and launched an investigation into his conduct after media allegations that he may have come into contact with Russian security circles. Mr. Schoenbohm had co-founded the Cybersecurity Council Germany to advise companies and authorities on cybersecurity matters in 2012 before, in 2016, being appointed head of BSI, the Federal Information Security Agency. Now, it was German comedian Jan Böhmann who reported in his late-night TV program that the council had since 2020 counted among its members, Berlin-based Protelion, previously known as Infotex, a subsidiary of a Russian company founded by an ex-KGB employee. Nice. So, some good detective work here done by a comedian. Why does it seem like only comedians are pulling their weight in the world? Zelensky, a comedian, is holding Ukraine together, and now a German comedian is doing investigative journalism. What, we have to do all the heavy lifting? In other news, I'm not sure what to make of this next item. You've all heard about the gas shortage in the EU. The Nord Stream pipelines were blown up, and Europe is facing a gas shortage this winter. But, according to a piece from the Reuters news agency, it seems that there are nearly 35 LNG, that's liquid natural gas, ships lying offshore of Spain waiting to unload their cargo. But the degasification plants in Spain, which turn the LNG into usable gas for stoves and what have you, are running at full capacity and can't handle the extra gas. So, while we're going to experience gas shortages, we have lots of gas. We just can't convert what's on the ships into usable gas as fast as we need to. What else? Members of the European Parliament awarded this year's Sakharov Prize to the Ukrainian people. The award is given every year and comes with a 50,000 euro endowment. The MEPs paid tribute to Ukrainians' daily fight to protect their country's independence and territorial integrity. As to the 50 grand, how do you split up 50 grand among 44 million people? Maybe a shot for every citizen. You walk into a bar, I'm Ukrainian, here's your shot. Either way, congratulations to the Ukrainian people. And finally, a bit of good news. According to a piece on the Euronews website, renewable energy met all of Greece's electricity needs for the first time ever last week. According to a piece on the Euronews website, renewable energy met all of Greece's electricity needs for the first time ever last week, said the country's independent power transmission operator, IPTO. For at least five hours last week, renewables accounted for 100% of Greece's power generation. Not bad it's a step in the right direction. They also use wind and hydropower as well, and wind is a very big provider of energy all over the continent here. Now, if they could just harness all the hot air coming out of various politicians, Europe would be self-sufficient. That's it for this week. Thanks for giving me some of your precious time. I'm Andy Valver, and this is the Continental Drift.